The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting installment of Radio Law Talk. I'm Todd Kunin filling in for Fred Penny in the big chair. Fred is on assignment as apparently recently is oft to happen. He is out, as he would say, well, actually one time he said as gallianting, but it was gallivanting around. And uh, I jest, Fred Fred is uh, I'm going to I'm going to use a colloquialism that my dad used always used from the south growing up which was uh, Fred's busier than a cat passing peach pits and he he is um okay I I've never seen somebody burn the candle at both ends and in the middle and still be as productive as Fred Penny that it's just mind-boggling to me but uh hey He's out today. I have Denise Dirks here to my right. Hello, Denise. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Is there a game today that you are enthusiastically supporting? She appears to have the Red Bluff Spartans jersey on, but then I noticed she's got duck wings on the shoulder. What does it mean, Denise? Pourquoi? Do tell. I'm going to the Oregon Stanford game today. Oh, hoo, hoo. And I'm taking my mother, and it will be the first time she's seen the Oregon Ducks in person. Wow, how cool. I know, I'm really excited. And she's a big duck fan. She's as big of a duck fan as I am. That is, I, we, I used to usher in those games when I was in high school. I told you earlier. And the two great quarterbacks I got to see at Stanford were Jim Plunkett and John mm-hmm. Elway. And that was back when they were the Stanford Indians, before they'd become the Stanford Cardinal. But wow, that was in their old, still the stadium, but it's been very much refurbished now. It's a beautiful campus. I will tell you what, oh, I, I like going there. But it was just an old bowl with wooden wooden bench seats, but it was the <laughs> coolest thing ever. You know. So yeah, I, I'm jealous. I'm glad you get to go. That's very cool. Thank you. So I'm out of there third hour. As soon as third hour comes and goes, I'm gone. Well, you should. Hit the bricks and run. <laughs> uh, just out of curiosity, because I am not following it, but where do uh, where do Oregon and Stanford sit in the standings? What kind of a game is this in terms of what does it mean? Oregon's 15. Stanford is not ranked. Yeah, I think Stanford's <laughs> having a, a bit of a down year this year, maybe. Yeah. All right. Well, well, we'll see. We'll see. You know, the Stanford rallies, it's always a good game when yeah. I watch Stanford. And Oregon. the halftime show is always great. For example, remember the Rose Bowl during in, in, against Iowa? When the Stanford Bats band's play, and they play the "You Don't Have to Be Lonely" <laughs> FarmersOnly.com, <laughs> the, the band plays that in the at the Iowa game. It was awesome. They have a yeah. great sense of humor most of the time. They do. The last time I was at Stanford, they did something though that was really strange, very pro-Hillary. It was before the elections, and it, I kind of was scratching my head about it because it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, it wasn't like cohesive. Well, they are college kids, and and you know uh, you can't hit a home run every time. Right. But the you don't have to be lonely thing was a hoot. That's a home run. <laughs> no, that's funny, and and of course they didn't tell my favorite joke. There's a lot of you know people have insult jokes from state to state, and so in Montana and North Dakota they have these rivalry jokes going back and forth. And one of my favorite ones is I hear they put artificial turf in at Montana State University at Bozeman. Oh, really? Why did they do that? To keep the cheerleaders from grazing. I mean, this is these are the kind of mean interstate rival jokes that just go back and forth. And I thought Stanford's sense of humor was spot on when they did what they did. It was I very used, funny. I used to live in northeast Tennessee up in uh, Bristol. Oh, yeah. uh, actually, was, I lived in Piney Flats, but northeast Tennessee, I was there for a year as a deputy DA. And here's the thing about college football in Tennessee. The whole state usually turns that hunter orange for the entire football season because everybody's a fan of University of Tennessee. The volunteer. The, vo- the yeah, volunteers. The vol- right, right. Uh, but then you got people that live there that don't like Tennessee. And so that was the Tennessee joke was, why are the University of Tennessee's colors that color orange? Any takers? Uh, I give up. It's Because so th- you don't, you don't, it doesn't, because ju- people, when it rains in Tennessee, you rust. 
No, no, no. It, it's that color for convenience. It's so their fans can go from the deer stand to the ball game to the drunk tank, and they don't have to change clothes. All right, so we got a lot we're going to do today here on Radio Law Talk. Uh, Harvey, we ought to call this Radio Law Talk, hosted by Fred Penny, and we're talking about Harvey Weinstein because it, Harvey Weinstein is up again. We've got some stuff about him with his new attorney, Epstein. Uh, let's see, what are we doing with it? Got a couple stories about Epstein, whether or not people are going to be able to get money that had lawsuits pending or they want to sue against him. And then there's additional allegations of other associates. Kevin Spacey is in the news. He has a civil case that's going to go away under interesting circumstances. Let's just go ahead and say that Johnny Depp. (laughs) It just occurred to me. Okay, but so, I repeat myself. Yeah. Weinstein, Epstein, Spacey, and Depp. It sounds like a law firm, okay? Well, an illegal law firm. Yes, of, of sorts. So Johnny Depp is in the news. We have stuff about video games if you're a gamer. Hmm. Uh, this thing called swatting? Right. Swatting and what happened to somebody. We'll talk about that coming up and a tragedy that occurred with regard to that, and several other stories, Amtrak, other things that we're going to cover today. It's a it's a long show. If you can't catch all of the show and you want to fill in the gaps, you can always get us at radiolawtalk.com. Click on podcasts. If you want to participate in the show, look, it's not just us. We welcome the phone calls. Denise, how do they get a hold of us? You can call us at 855-LAW-RADIO. That's 855-529-7234 or tweet us. At Radio Law Talk. Operators are standing by. And if you listen to us outside of the 9 a.m. to noon Pacific time, that's when we're live, you can nonetheless send us an email anytime, which we will try to get to on the show if we can. That's info at radiolawtalk.com. Info at radiolawtalk.com. So you can do that, too. And lastly, if, if you're radio shy... And you want to call in to make a comment, you don't want to go online, you want to say something, but you don't want to be on the radio, call in our call screener. You may have heard his voice just a few seconds ago. That would be me. Call in and and Cal will take your comment and then relay it to us on the air so you don't have to go live if if you prefer not to. I will, however, translate it into my own language. It will go from your language to Cali's, so don't mind if I misrepresent your point. (laughs) He has a Cali's formula. I do. That just sounds – Cali's formula. Okay. Cal. Yeah. Case or no case, can we get to it before um, the break, or do you want to do it after we get back? It's a pretty long setup. Okay. Um, and, and we have Is about there a, a theme today? No, no theme. Hmm. Okay, oh, so okay. if we're not going to get to it right now, Denise, I want you to I want you to put in the old noggin there this idea. We're going to talk about this. I probably want to talk about Epstein. What is a statute of limitations? We know basically what it is. Some, And for those of you that grew up in my hometown, it's statute with a T on the end of limitation, not statue of limitations. It's not somebody standing next to Miss Liberty there. Or uh, statute of David. It, it, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we see where Denise is gone. Um, yeah. What is it? And why do we have – let's think about that. We'll talk about this when it comes up. Why do we have – a statute of limitations, what's it there to protect against? What does it provide? Why is it there? I want to talk about that when it comes up, just generally speaking. But we are through our first 15 minutes heading into the break. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. I'm Todd Kunin filling in for Fred Penny. Stay tuned. We come back. It's case or no case. Then we'll get right to the case analysis. Cal, take it away. All right, friends, we uh, we appreciate it. Thank you, Todd and Denise, and of course, all of you who are listening wherever and whenever you are, we very much appreciate it and remind you that we are live 9 to noon Pacific, but you can hear us anytime through our podcast. Just go to radiolawtalk.com and click on the listen to the show section. It's that easy. We'll be back momentarily. Stick around. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. 
I am Cameron Levitt, Chief Operating Officer of Concussion Medical Clinic. California's first concussion medical clinic is now open. As concussions increase each year, there has never been a greater need for concussion specialists. Our physicians at Concussion Medical Clinic are board certified in pediatric neurology and sports medicine and have partnered with universities, hospitals, and rehab clinics to expedite the recovery process. Simply put, we are elevating the standard of care. When you need an expert concussion opinion or concussion care, visit concussionmedicalclinic.com to schedule your appointment. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny and Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny and Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyandassociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. I'm going to quick quack car wash. Get my car washed, make it quick quack. Pretty shiny, sexy, just because I want to. Don't drive dirty. Going to get my car suds in the quick quack car wash. It's the quick quack, quickest and the cleanest by far. We're talking three skinny minutes sitting right in your car. Wash 100 feet of cloth. Washing your car at the quick quack car wash. Any Honda, Mazda, Ford, or Chevy, Sauber, Cadillac, quick quack. Don't spruce her up just like that. You'll be happy looking snappy. You'll be glad you was at the quick quack car wash. Get on the web and go to don'tdrivedirty.com and see where you got your closest quick quack in the local area. Get in your car, get in your truck, get on the road and come visit the duck. Quick Quack Car Wash, where your car will always leave happy, guaranteed. They take pride in being clean and green by conserving and recycling the water they use only at the Quick Quack Car Wash. I knew I had a problem, but I didn't know what to do about it. I tried counting calories, I took pills, eating and eating, and then more eating. I really wanted to stop, but nothing could make me stop. At one point, it was so bad that I just felt like giving up. I felt so alone. Like nobody else could possibly understand. We understand. We're Overeaters Anonymous, and we have helped thousands of people just like you. People who want to stop their compulsive eating and start living a healthy, rewarding life. Overeaters Anonymous. Help me get my life back. Now I eat in a way that's healthy and good for me. I never realized what I was missing out on. With OA, I am living again and loving it. Start living the life you deserve with help from Overeaters Anonymous. Find us on the web at OA.org. Where's Fred? You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now back to your host, Frederick Penny. Or Todd Kunin, as the case may be. Fred Penny on assignment. If you're just joining us, it's Todd and Denise. So, Cal, what do you got for us on Case or No Case? Okay, I guess we'll go ahead and do that right now. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. All right, I take you to Northern California, where high school honors student Shelby Allen asked her parents in December of 2008 if she could spend the night at her friend Alyssa's home. Her mother, Debbie, rather, had a reputation in the community for being a strict mom. She had a long career in law enforcement. She was always careful to keep her children safe. She figured there wouldn't be any problems letting Shelby have a sleepover at her best friend's house. But Debbie did not know 
that Shelby would not be at Alyssa's house that night. She got a text from another girl, Jane, asking if she and Alyssa would want to come over and drink. Jane said both of her older sisters were home and would let them use the family's liquor cabinet. Shelby and Alyssa accepted Jane's invitation. They started drinking about 1 o'clock that morning after Jane's parents turned in for the night. Then Shelby declared she was going to down 15 vodka shots. Her friends told her it was a bad idea, but she was a competitive athlete, and she said, you know, I can do this. And so she ran one bottle of vodka dry and grabbed another, and by 1.58 a.m., she had reached her goal of 15 shots of vodka. She soon felt unwell. Alyssa led her to the bathroom. Shelby began doing the predictable, throwing out, passing out, propped up against the toilet. The next morning, Alyssa awoke, ran down to check on Shelby, and when she entered the bathroom, she saw a sight that she will never forget. Shelby's head hung over the toilet bowl. Her face was streaked in blood. Alyssa suspects that Shelby must have slammed her head into the toilet trying to vomit. Shelby was rushed to the hospital, but it was too late. She was dead on arrival. Shelby's parents immediately sought legal advice because they figured the parents in the home must have violated some sort of trust. So would there be a criminal or civil case? What is it that they could do? And they tried to figure that out. And so I ask you, and I know this is a bit of a downer case, but nonetheless, I ask you, case or no case? Now, Todd, you're the criminal lawyer, so I'm going to presume that you have an advantage in this case. So I'd like to, Denise, give you your choice. Would you like to go first or second? Denise? I'll go second. Okay, Todd Kunin, what say you? Gonna go second. Okay. Um, Got to take the advantage, right? Well, if, if that, sure. That's how it's played. You know, I, I'm not I'm not looking this up because I want answers and I'm trying to find out the answer. I just wanted to make sure I was certain. I'm going to say this is a case. That's first. But the thing that I'm looking up is the blood alcohol concentration calculation. And, and I'm looking this up so that people that are listening can get an idea of what 15 shots, assuming it was a one-ounce shot. That's what a shot is by definition, is an ounce, right? And and sometimes they pour them long, pour them heavy, do whatever. But But just to give you an idea, a female, and, and the fact that she was an athlete may be cutting against her, and I'll explain why. Experts that testified in my DUI trials always said that alcohol is a very, what they say, fat-loving substance. Right. And so it will be absorbed into your fat. Well, if you're an athlete and you have a very low body fat percentage, it has nowhere to go but into your system. So the fact that she was an athlete could lead to her getting drunker quicker. 15 shots could raise her blood alcohol level before calculating anything else. And she did them relatively quickly, relatively quickly. 15 shots raise your blood alcohol level to a 0.30. I mean, that is a lot, because each, wow. each shot, a standard drink a shot would raise a, a female between 120, 140 pounds, about a point zero two between a 0.2 and a 0.3. And she drank all this in an hour, And right? she drank 15 yeah. in an hour. Wow. So I am going to say that this is a case. I'm going to say that the deceased girl... Her parents did file a lawsuit. I'm going to say they did that. And there is liability. The fact that she didn't... Refresh my memory, Cal. Did they seek to sue the parents where the girl said she was going to stay the night? Or was they seeking where she was actually drinking? The parents where the alcohol was served were the people that they, they served the lawsuit with. And And I think that there is going to be liability there because the parents are going to have to explain why it is that alcohol is readily available. They put something in the house. There'd be liability. If you have a gun in your house and somebody picks it up and you don't have it properly stored, you can face liability now the, with that. They'd gone to bed. They'd long since gone to bed, and it was 2 o'clock in the morning. But still, I hear what you're saying. And okay. they yeah. had long since gone to bed. And you know what? I think parents need to understand, if I go to bed and my teenager is still up, they're probably waiting until I go to bed for them to do their stuff. It's not no. like they do it while I'm awake. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> yes, this is a case. They do sue the parents of the household where the liquor was served, and I think that the victim's parents prevail. Mm. 
Yeah. Interesting. This reminds me of when I was in my tender years and went over to my friend's house and we did suicides. And suicides where you take just a little bit of alcohol from all the bottles in the house Uh and drink it so that the parents don't see any difference in the bottles. Right? And you get drunk as a skunk and sick as a dog. To think we used to do suicides <laughs> with soda pop in Idaho. But anyway. <laughs> we used to spin around on the bar stools and we would be off, wow. let me tell you. Wow. So this is, Jane's the one whose family was going to get sued. And this is a kind of an interesting one because I know that California does not have dram shop or has has dram shop or does not have dram shop. What it means is that you're not liable for um, serving alcohol. Technically, her parents did not serve the alcohol. They had it in the home. And this is so close to being a case in another state, but it's not a case in California. So I'm going to say no case. Okay, so you're saying that no case was filed or or what what are you saying? I'm saying it's a it's a scenario, but it's not a case in California. Okay, all right. Well, as in Cal's making this up out of whole cloth. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, it's a it's scenario, but it's not a case. Okay, so so it's a scenario, but they didn't file anything. Not in California. All right. Okay. Well, okay. I just want to make so oh, it's I, no case. Just want to make it clear. I want to make sure we're all on the same page here because we are obviously getting very close to our break time, but we'll have the answer here momentarily, right? That's yes, right. we will. You stay right there. We'll give you the answer to case or no case again. You're invited to call anytime. You can tweet us. You can look us up on Facebook. Whatever you want to do, just stay in touch. We love hearing from you on Radio Law Talk. We'll be right back. Advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-918-1376. 800-918-1376. That's 800-918-1376. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more, call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel quality all at a price you can afford so don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great 800-617-9312-800-617-9312-800-617-9312 that's 800-617-9312 many women have so many clothes in the closet but then we go to get dressed and find we have nothing to wear We've all been there. We all want to be comfortable and fashionable at the same time. And it's difficult to find clothing that makes that task effortless. But at Letty & Company, you can find trendy, comfortable clothing that is affordable. Things you'll want to wear every day. Shop with a purpose online with free shipping. Just go to lettyandcompany.com. lettyandcompany.com. 
If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more. Call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel quality, all at a price you can afford. So don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great. 800-617-9312. 800-617-9312. That's 800-617-9312. Fancy Pants Peanut Butter? A big screen television? You haven't even bought a sofa yet. A motorcycle? When your father finds out, he's gonna flip his shoes with two buckles? What do you even need two buckles for? Mr. Big Shot, buying whiskey shots for everybody in the bar. From the looks of it, I'd say nobody even remembers. Feed the pig. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. And now back to the show. So, Cal, our case or no case, the case of the teen, deceased teen at the party, and who is liable? If you want to set it up for us again really quick and then tell us who who wins what. A girl tells the parents she's going to go out and hang out with her friend. They say, fine, she should be safe. A strict mom, a, a dispatcher or law enforcement mom anyway. The girl, of course, obfuscates goes off to another home where they're drinking because there's a promise of getting into the liquor cabinet. The girl says, I'm going to put down 15 shots of vodka. She does. She dies from alcohol poisoning overnight. And the parents obviously are beside themselves. They don't know what to do. And uh, our sympathy is to them. This is a, a case that I remember very well. This is actually a case. So those of you who say it was a case, that was uh, that would be Todd. I don't know why we can cheer. We're only cheering for the fact that it was a case, not for the case itself, right? Because it was a sad set of circumstances. All right. So let me tell you how this came out. This, by the way, happened very, very near to my neighborhood in Palisadro, California, uh, with, uh, when I was doing, you know, in the area where I did TV news. I was doing radio at the time and still am. The parents tried to file criminal charges against Jane's parents but were unsuccessful. They tried to get a charge of involuntary manslaughter filed against Jane. Unsuccessful. Debbie says she believes that Jane's actions were criminally negligent, that she should have called 911 the moment Shelby began vomiting. But Jane was acquitted on all charges. The judge said it was Shelby who was intent on drinking 15 shots of vodka. The trial court ruled that Jane and her family did not owe nor did not breach any independent duty to Shelby, and therefore they did not file civil because of the criminal verdict that went against them. And so, Todd, you get one point out of this. Denise, you get none because there was no uh, civil case filed, only criminal, and that did not succeed. That is very interesting to me. The parents, by the way, still go around. Uh, to high schools and so on, and talk about the dangers 
of messing with alcohol when you don't know what you're doing, you yeah. know, and all of this kind of stuff. It has kind of become their crusade. And they tried to get some laws passed mm-hmm. where people would be held responsible. They're trying to, you know, alter the landscape with limited success, frankly, because all you can do is look and say, like any, like if a teenager were to drive too fast and, and cause harm to themselves in a car, your child had the teenage judgment gene and they acted on it in full and it cost them their life. And it's a tragedy that happens. It's a sad story. I think um, there should have been a civil lawsuit that was brought because, um, to be honest with you, they could have been found to be neglectful by keeping the the uh, alcohol too readily available to the teens. But more importantly, they whoever sued them could go after their house homeowner's insurance and probably gotten some money out of it. I, I, you know, and now that I think about it, I believe that they may have filed a claim, but after the after the criminal case, I'm not sure how it worked out. And remember that these families were all friends. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, so they were sharing a tragedy, which may very well be why the the uh, civil case didn't go. That, I, I think that sometimes that is a consideration that's often lost. Yeah. Which is, it's easy to look on paper and say, well, this suit should have been filed here and this should have been filed here. Before Denise said it, I was about ready to say, well, the burden of proof in a criminal trial is different than a civil trial. I mean, OJ was found liable for the deaths of Ron and Nicole, even though he got an acquittal to trial in the criminal case. But they were mortal enemies you that's know, true. at that point. Yeah. And, and that's what people forget, which is it takes a toll on people, not only grieving for the loss of your loved one, but also going through the trial process, showing up continuances, the trial here, the anticipation, the shock and the hurt when the jury comes back and says no. Ugh. Well, I, I, there's some validity, a lot of validity in what you say. As you know, I'm a heart patient, and one of the first things when they did, you know, they get do the treadmill stress test and all that stuff, is they have you take a psychological stress test. And one of the first questions on there is, are you currently involved in, or have you ever been involved in a civil lawsuit? Because they figure that's worth five years off your life. Yeah. Because, wow. Because of the stress. Yeah. I, I have had I have had cases where I felt I could sue entities and people and I thought I would win and just let it go. Yeah. Life life is too short. I'm not going to have it adversely affect my relationship with my kids cuz you're a bear and you're, you know, I'm not going to do it. Just no. going to move on. I think so. I, th- I think there is some wisdom in knowing when to say enough is enough. The child is dead. Nothing's going to change that. Yeah. It's a sad story. We still love our friends and we know that they would never do this on purpose. Mm-hmm. So let's pack up our handcart here and keep keep walking. In yeah. my family law cases, a lot of times I will say, look, it's better that you buy your peace now. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Okay, so that's case or no case. Thanks. And okay. next, ne- next hour, by the way, I'm going to take you to... Where are we going to take you? I'm going to take you to Tennessee. Tennessee. I'm going to take you to Tennessee, home of the volunteers. Okay. Denise... What is going on with Jeffrey Epstein's case? I mean, the man the man has left us. He's left the earth, but we don't appear to be able to leave him alone. We don't appear to be able to this the effect is still there and will be for a long time. What is the latest? Well, the latest is um, that his trustees of his estate um they have sought relief from court to get a special master appointed so they can be helped in sorting through all of the claims that have been brought against his estate. That's the first thing because it's apparently so many claims that the two attorneys that are acting as trustees do not feel like they can get on top of it. They actually need some help. And they don't want to have to turn each time to the court. So a special master allows for there to be some decision-making uh, by that special master um, that is binding on the trustees and helps them so they don't have to keep filing in the court to get relief. Special master sounds like a character in a video game, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it probably Let, is. <laughs> let's go to the special master. Yes. Yes, what to do. Well, if you bring us the cloak of invisibility, exactly. you will be able to file your long suit See? as long as you have not passed the statute what I'm thinking. of limitations. Uh it's my understanding that one of the reasons we have this, the special master, is is also to make sure that any claims that are there get taken care of. If there's if there's a global pot of money 
to be paid out in damages. They want to make sure that one person doesn't take it all while another person still has their case still yet to be settled. And when it does reach a point, if they are entitled to something, if there's nothing left in the pot, then they've wasted a lot of time and money trying to seek damages that they'll never be paid. Also, as an encouragement to anybody else out there that might have a claim that's still within the filing period, you'd better get in line because there's only so much here. Is that right? Yeah, well, there's a lot of so much here. There's, what is it, billions? Well, his net worth, (laughs) he said he was a billionaire, but in his filings for bail, it turned out that he was, I'm going to use the word only because it's comparative to what he said he was worth. He was only worth about $520 million. But when you do the balance sheet, maybe part of that was mortgages. Maybe with everything was paid off, it'd be worth a billion. But yeah, his sure. net worth, his, his net balance worth. sheet worth was half a billion dollars. Right. Yeah. So the special master needs more help, right? The, 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 the trustees need more help from the special master. Exactly. So there's that. Then we have this issue with Florida or the U.S. Attorney's Office in Florida that reached the agreement on the criminal case back in, when was it, 2008? And and there was an issue there. It was another sex case, criminal prosecution, and they didn't bother to contact the victims to tell them that a settlement was in the works. This is what we're going to agree to, and this is what he's going right. to this is what he's going to plead to, right? Right. It was a plea agreement, and it was also a non-prosecution agreement. It yes. had an aspect of that. And it was brought in the federal courts, and he ended up pleading to crimes of state nature, not federal nature. And he ended up doing 13 months, but he got to work every for six days. He got to work, and he only went to jail at night. And then on one day a week, he was in jail for the whole time. So it was pretty much a sweetheart deal. Um, his plea was to solicitation of a minor. Yes. Uh, so he did have to register as a sex offender. It does brand him. Well, it may not brand him a pedophile. It, it, it Let's might. Talk, what's the difference between so, a sex offender with children and a pedophile? Okay, so I'm going to address this, and I don't want to offend anybody. This is a technical distinction, a technical distinction. The DSM, the Diagnostic Statistics Manual, this is what psychologists and psychiatrists use to diagnose people with mental disorders. By definition, a pedophile is one who has a predisposition to prepubescent people. If it's postpubescent, they're not technically a pedophile under the diagnostic. But every parent who's had a 15 or 16-year-old girl taken advantage of will say that they are, and probably rightly so in the court of public opinion. When we come back, we'll talk about why federal versus state and continue talking about Epstein and get to Weinstein. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. Yep, you've turned it on, Radio Law Talk. If you just found it on, found us on your favorite radio station, well, thanks for listening. And we remind you that we are streaming live every Saturday, 9 to noon Pacific, at radiolawtalk.com. And all our past shows are there, too. And we'll be right back. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. 
and they are able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. The cost of getting rid of garbage is high, and recycling products is lucrative. If you're a business or know of a business that needs an individual compactor or baler, call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. If you already have an industrial compactor, baler, or shredder and need service, don't forget to call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. Northwest Compacting, your full-service industrial compacting and baling company. Read more about them at northwestcompacting.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Even in the hustle and noise of this modern world, we feel the pull of the forest to walk under the canopy and feel transformed. National forests are essential to life, majestic and grand. They clean our air, supply drinking water to millions, and provide homes to countless wildlife. They fuel our imaginations, inspiring us to think big, and now's the time to do just that. Fires and natural disasters devastate our forests each year. That's why we're replanting millions of new trees across the country. The Arbor Day Foundation needs your help. We've heard the call of the wild and we've answered. Scientists, foresters, volunteers, and members, together we can preserve and protect our heritage and legacy. We must act now so that the generations of today and tomorrow can continue to depend on our forests. Visit arborday.org. See how you can help. Are you serious? Go to the website, radiolawtalk.com. You can listen to the show there, and there's a lot of other good information, too. That's radiolawtalk.com. Radio Law Talk. So Jeffrey Epstein, back to the case with him. Denise, you had mentioned something that he pled to state charges and not federal charges. I want to talk about why somebody might do that from a criminal law standpoint. And folks, this analysis has nothing to do with the it's not my opinion on the morality of what he did. It's not my opinion on whether or not he was justified or not. This is just a technical analysis of why they might get to a certain result, putting aside the heinousness of the crime. So oftentimes, when attorneys are negotiating with the district attorney, they'll come to an idea after everybody understands everything about the case. It's called the totality of the circumstances, and they get an idea about all of the evidence. They'll start to talk about, well, what do you think this is worth in terms of a prison sentence? If somebody's going to go to jail, what's it worth? Is this worth uh, six months in jail plus a three-year probationary term? Do you think they should actually go to the big house and be there for four, five, six years? What's it worth? And they'll start to talk about that, not unlike in a civil case where people talk about what a case should settle for, right? And sometimes, if you have federal cases and state law cases, you have to understand that the minimums and maximums in state law are often different than the minimums and maximums for the same offense in the federal system. 
an example that you and I were talking about with child pornography in the state of California, the maximum is right around three years if somebody actually goes to prison, and that's if they have a lot of aggravating circumstances. The minimum in federal law for the exact same offense is 10 years. So we have that that they deal with. In Epstein's case, I could see, based upon the charges, them coming to an idea about what something was worth and then looking over at the federal statute and saying, we can't even get there under the federal law because that is lower than the minimum. The only way we can get to that number of days or probation or whatever it is. Or time served. Or time served. Mm -hmm. The only way we can get to that number is if we settle it for state charges and not federal charges and dismiss the federal. Probably what happened. Now, the big issue here is the fact that they didn't talk to the victims about the negotiation or how this was even going to be resolved. Yes, and he pled to solicitation of a minor. That implies that the victim minor may be a prostitute. It's it's got such negative implications. He didn't plead guilty to uh, sexual assault of a minor. He didn't plead guilty to all these other charges. He pled guilty to something that's so innocuous. uh, How do you say that word? Innocuous. Innocuous, that it's offensive to the victims. And those victims should have been told. They should have been brought in, and they should have been told about this plea agreement. In addition, he got protection for his little... Uh, brethren of people that were helping him to acquire minors to abuse. That's right. He, he he got them, so they were protected from prosecution. Oh my gosh, does that make me upset? I can feel so much for these um, these these uh, victims. I I wonder. I just want we talk. I've always wondered how is it that people kept investing with Jeffrey Epstein? How is it that he continued to be able to make as much? That was eight. 10 years ago, 11 years ago, 2008, and yet he continued to make money annually, not only on his own investments, but what he was doing. And I'm just speculating here, but if Jeffrey Epstein goes and takes the hit and agrees to a deal with a bunch of other people, wouldn't surprise me in the least to find out that on the back end, they all agreed, okay, you took the bullet for us. We'll invest with you so that that continues. Yeah, because he was a financier, a financial And and, and that is pure speculation. But victims have rights. In the state of California, back in 2008, back when California was debating whether or not to amend the Constitution about whether a man and whether marriage is between a man and a woman or not, that was Prop 8. Nobody really paid too much attention to Prop 9, which was amending the Constitution in the state of California to give victims certain rights, the right to be consulted by the prosecution, the right to have notice of when somebody was going to be released, the right to address the court on issues of bail and sentencing. And and, and even in plea agreements, they got to exactly. address the court. And those things are part of the California Constitution, but they're also part of the law in other states as well. Every state pretty much has something very similar to that. But here's the thing. This is specific in the California law. My guess is every other state. Failure of the prosecution to adhere to these rights does not give rise to a civil cause of action. That is against whom? Against the prosecution, against the state. So if if, or or the federal in California, in California, under the state law. If the prosecutor biffs it and agrees to something and doesn't tell the victim as bad as that is, the victim does not have the right to sue the prosecutor for a violation for a violation of that. My guess is, and this is what we're, why we're talking about this, was because this came up in with the victims addressing the U.S. Attorney General's office. Do we have a cause of action against the attorney general's office for entering in that agreement back in 2008 that pretty much cut us out of the deal? And a judge last week said, sorry, you don't. So the victims cannot sue the attorney general's office um, that made the agreement and reduced the uh, charges down to state charges and basically made it so they can't sue other people involved in the abuse. Well, they, they can't see criminal charges. 
Correct. Okay. Now, the next question is, can they seek civil charges based upon that? And we still have people that are filing lawsuits. We've got one, another one that was filed recently, mm-hmm. a new individual. And what, what's, what's the deal with this one, Denise? She, uh, this is the one involving Prince Andrew, right? Uh, no, this is not. There's two, okay. there's two more suits. All right, two more okay, suits. Okay, there's one who is known as Jane Doe. She has not come out publicly, but she has filed suit against Epstein's estate. That's right, that's to right. To collect for damages she suffered when she was abused countless times by him. So that's one. And, and this one is a tragedy story. Her family was seriously in financial straits. Um, she had been forced to move out of her mother's home and live with various friends. She had to work odd jobs just to help survive. And she was still a minor child. And uh, Epstein took advantage of her, or at least it's alleged that Epstein took advantage of her. And he began um, by bringing her to his big, huge mansion in New York. And she was like thinking of Beauty and the Beast and how incredible this home was and and then he asked for a massage and then he started the abuse and it each time that she went to his home the abuse got more and more serious she has extremely explicit um descriptions and it doesn't it sounds like they are at least serious allegations um and he's not there to defend against them either and this is in new york where it was filed right super important why it's in new york and that is because because new york just recently changed the statute of limitations for civil actions on sexual abuse and opened it for another year that anybody that was a minor at the time that the abuse happened have another year within this year to bring any civil action so they can bring the civil actions even though it may have been beyond the statute of limitations that was in place for civil actions for abuse when they got abused now we're going to come full circle on this here i would say because of that There's been more suits filed, which is why when we started this, the trustees go to the court and say, we need a special master to oversee this because we're getting a lot. Cal. Oh, by the way, Jeffrey Epstein's still dead. Yes. You're still trying to get money out of a dead man's estate. I'm just going, I'm fascinated by how all of that looks like it might play. To me, that's like one of the things. I think it's going to... It's going to play two ways. First of all, it's not going to fully give the victims... um, justice right. because they can't face their their violator they yes. cannot face him um, but it's going to play that they can at least financially now probably gain um, and try to recover the for the years of, of damage that they, has been caused to them because of the abuse so I think it's going to play both ways and I do think that there's going to be a lot of payment out by this estate. I, I believe so. We're coming up at the end of our first hour. I can't believe that one really blew by quickly. Stick with us for the next hour. We're going to talk about Harvey Weinstein really quickly. And we're going to talk about why Cal's mentioning of Epstein is dead. Why that's important because of how it plays with Weinstein. We'll be back after the top of the hour break. You're listening to Radio Law Talk with Todd Kunin and... Denise Dirks filling in for Fred Penny. Don't go away. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. (laughs) 